Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hello and welcome to the Autocar Podcast, My Week in Cars, episode 22, with me, Matt Pryor, and him, Steve Cropley. Morning, Stephen. Morning, Matthew. How are you? Very well, mate. Very well. You know what I like, mate, is that we have been speaking over the past week about where we are going to meet for this, yeah. and we both keep volunteering to go to the other's house. Yeah. And even though it's sort of you know, nine o'clock on a Monday morning, so it's not the world's greatest commuting time, but we're both going... No, why don't I come to you? No, 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 why don't I come to you? I think because we both quite like the idea of getting up, getting in the car and go for a drive. That is it. It's a bit of a thrash across the Cotswolds. Yeah. Pretty good, yeah. Yeah, that's a nice journey, isn't it? Yeah. It is. Yeah. So uh, Steve and I are going to be uh, talking about our respective columns in Autocom magazine, which means this week we're talking um, motorsport champions, no motorsport for EVs, 50 years of Cropley and more, including your letters. So Andy Latham has been on. Uh, he says, just wanted to comment on the story this week about the HV battery in the Range Rover Sport that your mate uh, contact had, which yeah. he had replaced. He said, many people, says Andy, don't appreciate that almost every component inside the high voltage battery can be replaced. And there are businesses across the world doing exactly this, be it battery modules, cells, connectors, relays and more. And I've seen too much evidence recently of franchise dealers quoting many thousands for a replacement battery when with a bit of decent diagnostic work, a repair could be completed at much less cost and environmental impact. The message to give out is that these batteries can be repaired by knowledgeable, trained and competent technicians following a certified process using the correct tools and PPE, but also be aware that these batteries can kill an electric shock of between 70 and 90 volts DC and 0.5 of an amp is enough to put your heart into ventricular fibrillation. It's truth. Which means the heart is just pulsing and not pumping blood. Hmm. And as you know, HV batteries can operate at 800 volts and will only go higher. Also... If you get an electric shock from an HV battery, where you said very jokingly you might get blown across the workshop, he says, actually, the, the chances are you'll be rooted to the spot because DC power is a muscle contract. <laughs> so you can't let go of it. <laughs> okay. So, um, 
Something fact, to look forward to. Something to look forward to. In fact, I have seen big plastic poles in EV development workshops, which have got a big hook on the end with that in mind, where if somebody gets rooted to the spot with a with an electric shock, somebody, a colleague, can grab hook a, bit, hook a big pole around them and pull them away. Yeah. I'd be damned. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah. Well, there's good and bad in there, isn't there? Because yeah. on the one hand, it is helpful to know that well-trained people can fix batteries. Yeah. Because I had thought that, you know, once built, it was it was sort of the way it was until it went to the recyclers. Yeah, you know, like a sort of sealed unit time. almost. Yeah. So it's good to know that it can be fixed. Mm. Um, you know, legitimately, and uh, but uh, you, yeah, you <laughs> don't really like the <laughs> idea care. of being rooted to the spot. <laughs> no. no, right. Let's talk your column, Steve, and we'll start with uh, motorsport winners. You spent a night at the Motorsport UK. Awards? Yeah, M- MS UK, Motorsport mm. UK. They they um, used to be the MSA. Big rethink under David Richards and Hugh Chambers. Uh, change the licensing and so on. Also change the event they have in the at the year end or year beginning. Mm. And the thing I went to was called the Night of Champions for for 2022. All there must have been 40 champions there, wow. all kinds, you know, young and old. And it was a really great night. The thing that was fabulous was that there was, a, as you'd expect, there were a hell of a lot of young, keen young people who just want to get on. Mm. But they were really well supported by the champions, the the you know the the heroes of yesterday. So um, you know people like Martin Brundle were there, uh, Jonathan Palmer was there, um, Patrick Head was there. Uh, new award called the Keith Duckworth Award, and Patrick Head spoke really interestingly about knowing Keith Duckworth. It was really it was brilliant. It was a great mixture of aspirational young people and old heroes telling good stories. Yeah. Really loved it. That's cool. Is that, is that a new event? Um, or a they've always had event? a championship thing, but but this was done differently. Right. You know, rethought and, you know, new awards and so on, and it showed it. That's good. That's good. I always sort of imagine the, the big motorsport event at the start of the year was the sort of autosport Awards and I, I must say the the MSA awards had slightly passed me by. So nice if it's been rejigged and yeah. reformatted and. I think autosport is is a bit um, more partisan than than motorsport UK, which is the oh, governing body. And yeah. autosport is a commercial enterprise, commercial enterprise. as it were. <laughs> uh, on the subject of uh, motorsport winners, though, Steve. Motorsport awards, prizes, actual medals, actual trinkets, and oh, trophies. Indeed, yeah. Go on, I've, I'm I'm not a routine motorsport winner, but I do have a couple of little medals for, you know, the yeah. corporate karting thing at home. The the quality of them is quite, is quite variable. And having had kids who've done sporting events, the quality of them is quite variable. Isn't it, it is. It is indeed. <laughs> I just think that uh, it would be nice for once to see a trophy that was that more reflective of the success of the recipient than of the budget of the person, <laughs> of, of the bean counter that it, that, it, that caused it to be designed. You know, I just think in some design school somewhere, there's going to be some clever young people who can make these things cheaply and make them look fabulous. And, yeah. and I don't think we've seen that lately. It's yeah. just a flim, bit of flim flam, really. But 
It's interesting, isn't it? Because it's, I don't know whether they so often try to make things look like a cup or a trophy that people have spent vast amounts of money on, the big proper ones. Yeah. But it just looks like, as, it, as you might expect, you know, a slightly plasticky or tin yeah. presentation of... Or maybe there is room for something... Something else. I like, think improvement could be wrought by the by the right designer. Yeah, I reckon the seven fifty motor club uh, gave me a very nice sort of glass. It looked like a crash helmet in profile oh, right. with something etched on Sounds it for, during a race last year. That was good. Yeah, that was really good. And you know, presumably made out of one or two pieces rather than eight different pieces of moulded tin and plastic. So probably, I mean, I don't know on the price, but it it was a it looks and feels a quality item. So I've there's... never in my life won. No, I've only ever. Sorry, I've only ever lo- won one trophy in my entire life, mm. which was a boxing trophy when I was eleven. Really? And the the legend on the <clears throat> the engraving on said "Best Loser." That's <laughs> <laughs> a great thing to give an eleven-year-old. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's terrific. I didn't yeah. go on to be world champion. No, well, yeah, yeah, crack it. Trying to <laughs> discourage somebody. Yeah. Um, Right, next item in your column, Steve. Why is there no motorsport for some EVs? Well, I, um, we had a go at a sprint this time last year in Abingdon, or not a bit later than this time last year, but my friends who organised it for me last year are trying to do it again. Mm. And they find that the organisers won't take their entry. And the official reason is that the... the um, or the reason is that the... Costs of running EVs are too great, but it's difficult to see where they are because we just parked with everyone else. We mm. were marshaled like everyone else, um, but they won't take the entry from us. And I'm, because I'm a conspiracy theorist, <laughs> I think that maybe four blokes showing up in very largely unmodified American repmobiles and pulverizing a field of 100. Mm. was the problem because you all four were in the top 15 is that yeah we right? i was the slowest at 13th but mm. the the fastest of our group was third and what's the rest of the field the rest of the field you know people in porsches and ferraris and oh, yeah. like, the thing is all about tesla's having a 0 to 60 mm. time in three three and a half isn't it and yeah. even the one i had which was a which was a slow one at a long range. It still did not sixty and four and a half, and it, it's all about getting into and out of the corners quickly. And mm-hmm. Teslas do that, and they they were a bit iffy on the high speed corners, but not bad otherwise. So where do we think? The, do they say where the cost is? Well, I, I th- no, we couldn't we couldn't really get that out of them. There, there's a there's a suggestion in the blue book that you've got to have vast quantities of water on hand to be able to flood an electric fire right but put it this way they took it last year we yeah and i've done one or two things in evs now Mm. but um i do i think it's a matter of acceptance you know there's a they just don't want 60 people in teslas showing up and trouncing all the lotuses yeah that's the problem yeah i mean this car was Easily the fastest I've ever driven in a sprint. <laughs> you know, faster than a Ferrari that I was in oh, one really? time. What's that? Abingdon's an airfield sprint, isn't it? Is yeah, there's right? two there are two tracks. There's one that's very geometric, very square edges and so on, you know, right angle bends. And there's another one which is around the taxi wages is very swoopy and, you know, mm. sort of 100 mile an hour bends. Oh, wow. And so quite quick. 
Yeah, and because you can get going, as, mm. as you know. And there, you know, a a, there's a bit more of a stability issue in a Tesla at 100 miles an hour, round a, yeah, you know, a swoop, swoopy bend. That, yeah. So it was it was a good test, but I, and I can see why you don't want ever to be swamped by EVs that are expensive and not very interesting to look yeah. at. But mm. you know, it is a competition. Yeah. And is it you don't have to do any safety specific kit into the cars themselves? The cars are standard road cars, I think. That, yeah, that's the idea that it's a safe enough environment. Yeah, there's a, I mean, you obviously about. have to, you know, you, you do have to wear the pajamas and the helmet and right. all the rest of it, and the car has to be screwed. Yeah, but the um, there's no need for roll cages, mm. um, but there's pretty careful scrutineering there. Yeah, and that you know. Obviously, tyres and things have to be up to scratch. Mm. Are you going to do one this year? I don't know. I, um, I haven't quite got the car. The, the car that what I did it in last year was offered. Um, oh. And I don't own an EV at the moment. I'm, mm. you know, fencing around the idea of it, but <clears throat> don't know. Are you going to do anything in the uh, Alpine or anything? Any hill I thought about it. Yeah, I, I think it would be fun at Prescott because yeah. nice flat hill climb, you know, you can get going a bit, and even Alpine might even be okay at Shelsley Walsh, which is steep, as you know. But, yeah. But it's like car, so you know it might accelerate better than we think. Yeah. You know the problem with the back straight at Prescott. Yeah, sorry, Shelsley, you, you, it's a big, long, steep last third, and you just kind of sit there waiting for the waiting for the line to come. Yeah. I'm trying to remember what Shelsley. I'm trying to. My experience of both is I've been up both, but a limited number of times, and I can't. And I get I get myself a bit confused between the two in my own head. Yeah. But it, yes, so you just yeah you're sitting there waiting for the line to yeah. But Shelsley's a real not, not many corners and lots of s slopes. You know, it's pretty technical technical for the people going fast enough, but mm. not that's not me usually. There is a video I saw quite recently on social, which is somebody in I think that did somebody set a course record last year or something like that. At yeah, that'd be right. One or the other, and it was. Ast it's astonishingly yeah yeah but the better you are I think it is yeah so. that's right the better you are the less time you spend doing it you well know? that's one of those hobbies that you know the better you are the, the, the less enjoyment you get yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 it is it, but yeah extraordinary fast so yes if you are listening do look up course record course record I'll try and retweet it at some point during this week when it's out and it's yeah it's astonishing to watch how just how quickly somebody can go up such a yeah. short narrow tight space as that yeah Right, we're going to take a short break. You may get a short advertising break, depending on where and who you're listening with, or you might just get a second of silence, and we'll be right back after this. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. 
Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. So welcome back to My Week in Cars with Matt Pryor and Steve Cropley. And we have a letter, Steve, from James Ashton, who uh, is talking about diesels. And he says, um, Autocar uh, 18th of January issue, Richard Lane says he won't miss dirty diesels. He does raise the important benefit of fuel economy. Um, in fact, he says he's done 1,000 1,116 miles on 66 litres um, in a Skoda Superb, which comes out at sort of like 70 to the gallon or, or more or something. Good so going. Is, which if, yes, it really good. Anyway, James says, as a car that I fuel myself, I cannot imagine not running a diesel. My own fleet is all on uh, the black pump, and I love the smooth, gutsy torque, which a good turbo diesel gives, particularly a straight-six BMW. Um while little turbo petrol engines seem to do well on Euro tests, those figures never seem to be achieved in the real world. I think that's I think that's probably fair, Richard. Yeah, and my experience of diesels is the opposite. Uh, I'm a committed garage tinkerer. Now, this is the bit where I get interesting. <laughs> Currently building a 4.7 liter Vaith Mercedes engine to Triumph Spitfire. So I've looked up Vaith, and they appear to be a German tuner of Mercedes diesel engines God. in particular. 4.7 liter in a Triumph Spitfire. Oh my, my next project will be a tax-exempt barge with a diesel lump that will run on vegetable oil or, or biodiesel. I'm thinking of a Series 3 Jaguar XJ with an M57 3-litre diesel BMW engine and gearbox. Crikey. interesting. <laughs> I mean, that is committed tinkering, isn't it? That is that totally is, committed tinkering. Sure is. Am I mad, says Richard, uh, says James, sorry, am I mad? And what do you fancy as a forever car, even if you have to build it yourself? So, uh, are you mad? No. I mean, if it's your thing. That's your thing. That's yeah. great. Go that it. that much engine in a Triumph Spitfire with the funny rear end <laughs> might be might be a bit exciting. I reckon. Yeah, you might want to do something about the yeah. about the rear end. Or, or well, confine you yourself to straights. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and what do you fancy? This is the interesting question. What do you fancy? Even if you have to build it yourself, what do you fancy as a forever car? Oh, forever car! My word! I... <laughs> Sorry, I'll sprung this on you, Steve. <laughs> yeah, I. I, honestly, I, I'm defeated by that. I, mm. I, what would your answer be? I, well, I don't. It, one would be really hard. I mean, I know that I have a Hillman and a, and a Volkswagen Beetle bar humbug, and I will, and I intend to keep them both forever. But I keep the, on the way over. I was, I was thinking. Well, I'd also fancy a Series One Lotus Elise and keep that forever. And yeah. there are cars I've sold: an Austin Seven Special and a. Triumph TR2 special that I'd still love to have and somebody was talking about a, an, an, a CSK Range Rover you know being one of their perfect cars over the weekend and I thought god yeah wouldn't it be nice yeah. there's too there's too many car for me cars that I flip between all the time as a forever car and so I don't know I don't know it might end up being it's a boring answer but it might be a Porsche 911 because you can do so much to it. If you want to lift one and make it a slightly Baja spec, you can. Yep. And if you want to then lower it again and have it as a track car, you can. And as yeah. a Grand Tourer, you can. You know, you could do everything with one car. I, th- I like the, the. I think the Mark One Elise is a good idea. Mm. The, it, it depends whether is, is this a car we're keeping forever or or 
It's not the car that we have to use every day. In oh, well, I don't know. Yeah, because they're two different questions, those, aren't they? So I don't know what James is, if it's, is his if, idea, but I think maybe it's one spare car in the garage. Yeah, one I keep thinking that, that the answer to that is a Lotus 7 because it was just such a, yeah. of some kind. Yeah. I, I'd like it time to consider whether, you know, which spec and all that, but, but the Lotus 7 is such a staggeringly pure car out mm. of nothing very special. Yeah, I love it for yeah. that. I, and and I every time my eye falls on one, I think it's good. And the the clean well, as you said, you know, one of these a week or two ago, you know, the cleaner the the the, the, the sort of least cluttered, the better. Yeah. yeah. Yes, because the the latest one seventy is four hundred and forty kilos if you get the right spec, which they think is the lightest seven. Certainly in Caterham's history, I wonder if the early Lotus may have come out lighter one of the early loaders yeah when there were four speed boxes and yeah. all that and they were yeah. they were even smaller mm. the, my the first caterham i had was was a sprint spec car and it had a four speed box mm. because we just didn't need the top and uh, and that had a tiny gearbox and it was it was very light because of mm. that yeah i had one with a Vauxhall hpc engine that 2 liter lump oh, that was Robert. not the lightest spec i could no, but, enjoy but it was it it was not the ideal seven really, but it was great. Hurled you down the road, I mean, like, yeah. It was, I mean, I was quite young when I bought it because I borrowed all the money to do it because I promised myself reading Autocar and Motors, Caterham supplements when I was a kid. Promised myself this is my dream car. I'll have one before I'm twenty five. So I bought the it. money and bought one. And um, it, but it had a straight cut gearbox and a roll hoop extension, which meant oh, you couldn't man. put the roof on. So it was. A, you know, very much a sunny day car only. And I wish I'd used it more and kept it, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that's, the, that's the one problem, isn't it? Just getting it, getting into it. Hmm. But I, I do think they're, it's still still so special. And, we, you know, we've had all these years, haven't we, of inventing new categories for caterers because they always pulverise everything else. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, always invited along to Britain's best driver's car as the wild card or the, yeah, the is the is the one. It's not really in the competition because it'll be everything else. Yeah. You know. And then you introduce Britain's affordable driver's car contest, which we did 10 years ago. And, you know, saying, right, okay, cars under 25, 30 grand, whatever. Well, there's always a car that is going to be half the weight and half the number of seats, but two or three times the fun as everything else what do you yeah. what do you do it's it only gets better and better mm. anyway thank you for your note James I uh, have been very slack on this mug issue again but I will go through a list of addresses if you've written to us recently and you haven't received a mug um, I think Lydia's on it now isn't it Lydia's on the Lydia case Lydia super efficient um, super efficient who doer of everything yeah. of that yeah. kind yeah is going to sort it out but I need to furnish her with everybody's address I will do that I promise <laughs> Right, let's talk. Next bit of your column, Steve. 50 years of Steve Cropley. Oh, my word. <laughs> now, a... I know you don't want to go on about this, but, well, well, but I, you know, I, it I feels am... like we should mark it. I'm, I'm, look, you know, I'm proud to have got there. But, mm. but um, it's all happened a bit suddenly, to be honest with you. You know, it, um, it doesn't seem at all like that. But uh, no, I've had a wonderful, you know, opportunity, career, whatever the... You, Met a lot of nice people, done an amazing amount of jobs, and driven some pretty good cars. I and mean, <laughs> the the thing you know about this job is that usually you meet people on their best behaviour, and they always blowing smoke up your backside, which I suppose is why I'm still doing it. <laughs> <laughs> and still being very kind, fifty years old. How did it come about? Oh well, I was 
I was a journalist. I, um, ridiculous story. I, I worked in the Adelaide Stock Exchange as a stock market reporter, made a few quid, got carried away with the romance of joining some friends of mine who were running a trucking company in northern Queensland because I had a few quid. Went up there, business went wrong. Met somebody, a tourist on the Cooktown bus who uh, was passing through. She took a shine to me, stuck around for a couple of months, went back to Sydney, started sending me adverts from, from the Sydney Morning Herald saying, look, you need to get yourself back into journalism. You can't be a, you know, a shit kicker all your life. <laughs> um, and one day I opened this uh, envelope with a sort of screwed up classified from the Sydney Morning Herald um, looking for a, um, a journalist to join Wheels magazine. And mm. I, what, I was blown away. I'd been reading Wheels since I was 10, knew all the characters, wrote a letter immediately, 2,000 miles north of Sydney, so not easy to get there. I didn't even, I had to write a longhand letter to Peter Robinson, who mm. was the editor, explaining that there wasn't a typewriter within a 50 mile radius, so it, it's going to have to. <laughs> Right in longhand. I wrote this 10-page straggly nonsense about, you know, how right I was for the job. And amazingly enough, he believed it. And and uh, it took me a couple of weeks to get there. I had a broken down car to repair it. Had to quit the mine that I was working on. <laughs> Drive down through first floods and then second bushfires. Finally got there. <laughs> bought a suit. Ponced the money from my girlfriend, you know, the one that sent me the advert, to buy a suit, staggered into Robbo's office and spent the day with him. And at the end of the day, he said, sat me in his office and said, OK, mate, when can you start? <laughs> and I said, would now be too soon. <laughs> and and uh, that's, we, we've been lifelong, you've been my lifelong friend, he's been my mentor, taught me everything. Um, I subsequently, you know, became a stringer for for other magazines over here, came over on holiday, got offered a job in the UK, went from there really. Hmm. That was 1978, arrived with um, no, uh, without even a decent jacket, because <laughs> I forgot about the weather. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> and, um, and uh, you know, worked in the UK since 1978. Hmm. Robbo has been on. He sent a couple of notes that you've sent in the past. They're, yeah. not, they're all decent. It's fine. You don't have to worry too much. The <laughs> stamp dates this one to June 27th, 1978. It says, I have defected. Seen Fraser and Mel. Uh, Mel Nichols being... Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ian Fraser and Mel Ian Nichols. Nichols. Discussed that there's a job here for me late this year. Should pay £100 a week after tax, which is okay, I guess. The letter was sent, Cropley, England. October 78, British Airways. From the ether to the Mulga. Letter written while on the plane. You bastards. There I was, sitting relieved that it was all over and I was gone. And this bloke with a bottle of booze and a crazy message comes up. Naturally, I must I knew it must have come from you lot. I tell you, I'm not drinking the stuff now. Perhaps it is inappropriate to get misty in a public letter, but I want you to know that working with you lot has made the years past more enjoyable than a bloke has a right to expect. And Robbo was over, he's also sent his transcript from him being over when he came for your thousandth column. Oh, right, yeah, night, yeah. Which was... Uh, 2012. Yeah. About this, time, like about this time, actually. Not too sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah which he, when he just turned up from. Did he say he sent, he's going to. They said he sent a recorded message, didn't they? Yeah. And then, and then he, then he, then he from staggered the in, in, <laughs> in, the, in, the, in the flesh. Couldn't believe it. Yeah. And you say in your column uh, that if it's all right with the reader, you'll carry on. 
I will. Yeah. Well, we'll 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 see whether anybody <laughs> wants me to. But there doesn't seem to be a will to kick me out this week, at least. There doesn't, does there? No, I think you'll be right. Uh, let's talk briefly another bit in your column about you were going to buy a. You've been thinking about buying an EV. Yeah, I I made I went through them all. I decided that the one for me was a two wheel drive um, BMW i4 M Sport. 40 blah blah car you know 10 grand cheaper than the fastest one but still does 0 to 60 in under six perfectly good car made by bmw they know about battery cars i feel i've got a couple of bmw battery bikes i think you know and um and so i'd made this decision and i was just chatting to this about this to the steering committee who said well if you're going to do something you know think about 2030 if you're going to do something silly you know like buy a Ford Raptor or something oh, like yeah. that. You better do it. And she has chucked a hand grenade into my oh, into yeah. my uh, box of fireworks. Um, I don't know what I'll what I'll do. I've not got no idea. I still got this redundant camper van. Mm-hmm. Something will happen, but I. Oh God! Will you do it on a whim in the end? Do you think? Uh, probably. Do you, I, do you buy cars on a not on a whim? That's a. Yeah, well, but, but, but well, well I suddenly erupt. Yeah. Suddenly get inspired and go, that's it. Yeah. I'm going to do that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it usually happens like that. I do a lot of thinking. Though. I enjoy the thinking as much as the doing. Yeah, yeah. same. Yeah, same. Yeah. It's, it's a really interesting part of the process, I think. Yeah. Anyway, I've, I've got no idea. But I, I mean, I've been thinking all weekend about driving around in a Raptor. <laughs> well, I did it for you had one, a few months. You? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Six months, maybe, I think. And it was, I enjoyed it. It's it's a sort of a Lotus Seven to me, you know. It's it's as dopey as a Lotus Seven, <laughs> don't you think? Because you because you can't park it anywhere. And it's, no, you can't. No, that is true. And, and it's and it's it's about it's it's as far off, um, you know, the median car that as, as yeah, you could yeah, possibly yeah. get. But yeah. and it comes into its own. It has a specific purpose, and it comes into its own when you can find the right spot for that purpose. But it's hard to find. Hard to find. Yeah. But I yeah I really. Enjoyed it. I did have to stop going to one of my local shops because the car park is so tight that it's just inappropriate for a double cab pickup. But, yeah. but that happens happens a bit in the Volkswagen multivan I'm running at the moment too. Yes. Yeah, it's just you just go okay. Well, I, yeah, that co-op is out. I'll go to the I'll go to the next one because this car park's just too rubbish. And um, I think it did. 28 to 30 to the gallon in my hands, the Raptor, which I thought was... That was a diesel, wasn't it? That was a diesel, that's two litre diesel. I think I would have to buy the twin turbo petrol V6 there, I you think see. that's fair enough, mate. Extra yeah. 50% power. <laughs> yeah, I think that's fair. It did always feel a little bit under, underpowered for its well, I'm, The sadness of this um, will be illustrated by the fact that I was, um, you know, running the video... Of, of the drive, recent drive, mm. done by our pal Matt Saunders, and I had to turn up the noise to hear the, the V6. Oh, noise. really? You know, there are certain parts of it where he says, have a listen to this thing. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sitting there with my earphones, right? kind of yeah. head vibrating. Yeah. Uh, is And there are some green lanes around here you could use that sort of thing on, yeah. there, I think. Yeah. Fosway, get some... But I like, I just like the, the whole notion of it. It's, mm. And it wouldn't be the only car we have, so. But it would be a ridiculous indulgence, and I probably won't do it. 
Well, I look forward to coming back this next this time next week <laughs> and finding, finding what you've done. Yeah, we will see what yeah. happens. Um, should we briefly talk my column? Yeah. So this Really interesting this week, I it's an in, Well, it's very kind, thank you. But it's an interesting subject, and I think a quite not, not that easy to talk about in a podcast because it's just so complex and so vast. But I was just uh, talking about that <coughs> chat GPT, the text AI text generator. Yeah. And also there are picture... There's a couple of programs that are picture generators based on the same, based on the same sort of idea. And uh, we have a car designer in the office, as you know, uh, Ben Summerall-Ude, who is our picture editor. And, um, and we also have a keen archivist and chief sub-editor in Chris Gulner. And Chris asked one of, the text ge- uh, one of the picture generators to come up with an exciting Nissan from 2030. And it's come up with a, this AI generator has come up with a picture that looks like a lot of supercars mixed with um, Nissan's GTR 50, sort of limited volume. Yeah. Uh, Skyline. Pretty convincing, isn't it? Yeah, it looked like a Are you going to presume you'll put it online or something? Yeah, I'll put a picture on. Yeah, I'll put a picture on some of the some the autocar and, and my socials. Yeah, it looked pretty. It looked pretty good, I think. And but there's a lot of sort of consternation about what does AI mean for all kinds of things, you know, creative industries through to, you know, through to education. You know, do, are kids going to start using ChatGPT to to generate essays? Yeah, well, I think they, they are. Themselves? You know, we've got to, and it's, I just think this sort of thing, you, it's difficult to make too much of a stand and say, this is how this significant, this new technology is going to be. Because one minute you could dismiss it and the next everyone's got it. Yeah. So really, so they think at the initial stages that, the text generating stuff particularly will be useful for uh, for predictive things where you could you know like legal documents or um, court reports and things that things that have a very or limit or sort of basic coding computer coding things that it can do and it can predict and it can take stuff from elsewhere uh, but in the creative field from a design point of view there are a lot of artists and designers who are pretty miffed about the idea of it and some have started sort of class action lawsuits in the states saying actually this ai program trawls the internet for all of the pictures on it and it takes their text um descriptions and it uses all of those pictures to create new text so what it's basically doing is plagiarizing people's original copyrighted work to come up with other pictures that's a way of looking at it isn't it it's but, a way of looking at it yeah but i mean yeah. aren't you you know if you're influenced by anything aren't you plagiarizing it to some extent I, well yes it's hard to it's hard to argue otherwise isn't it yeah. i i i think um i i don't feel that threatened by it mm. the steering committee is an academic right she deals a lot with postgraduate students she is going to have a problem with this the people producing you know 80% answers to to questions fairly technical questions in in exam papers I think but I don't think you and I are going to have a problem because we and I shouldn't have thought the designers would have a problem because the, this thing can only aggregate stuff can't it exactly. I mean it, yeah. it, it can't it, it's never going to be able to generate original thought I mean I think I think you could argue that what's going to happen is writing will become a more emotional thing you know mm. we, we're lucky because we're in it yeah. you know we're always going on about how things strike us and I don't think the machine can do that for us. No. And and um, um, you know, it's it's 
it can only look back. So yeah. if, if anything, it'll drive creativity. I, I think you could argue. I think that's that it's that. possibly a naive argument, but I'm I'm often we'll arguing naively. <laughs> we'll find out. Anyway, Ben, our picture editor slash designer, wasn't too alarmed because somebody did say, "What well, what would a what would a Porsche Cayenne had it been made in the 1960s look like?" And AI has come up with this picture that looks quite cool looks quite funky and and ben says yeah but it's got two headlights on one side and one on the other so i'm not worried yet <laughs> but it is yeah it is i think you're right you know it is only using what has already been done it yeah. is not doing its own its own thing i think i think it'll i think it'll force us to to not do not half do jobs we'll have yeah. to we'll have to do things and the, the sort of emotional sides of 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 things are always going to be there to be done mm. um and the designers will just have to get more original. Yeah. Don't, they go. Uh, yeah. If I'm writing a column and think and, think, and asking myself, well, could this have been <laughs> could this have been written by AI? I'd better go back and rewrite it. <laughs> I love that bit in your column where you say, you know, we'll, uh, you know, we don't feel too alarmed about this, or we, you know, one minute we'll we'll be feeling not too alarmed, and then it will write our <laughs> we'll write our redundancy. Yeah. Well, that's the sort of thing it can do very well. You yeah. Know, thanks for having. You know, thanks for being here. You know, it's. Imagine a uh, a, blimey, a, a a football club statement when a manager gets sacked or leaves by mutual consent that <laughs> is more mutual on one side than the other. Yeah. You know, AI could write those letters every single time yeah. because it always says, we'd love to thank the manager for his hard work, wish him well in the future, make great progress in certain areas, but we've decided it's time. Just copy and paste it. It doesn't, it, you know, that's it could do that sort of thing all day yeah. long, can't it? Yeah. All day long. Huh. Um, we'll finish then reliance on too much technology we had a letter in the office about an alfa romeo that we had on test oh yeah uh from the officials saying it's been up to no good yeah well the, the, i don't know if you did you see the piece of vid it would it I showed this piece of vid, this no. alpha um going sort of outside a you know basically the wrong side down a down a very busy street looked like something like fleet street hmm. um and it just sort of took to the wrong side of the road to to make a passing maneuver on two or three cars and it was a sort of outrageous thing to do went around a central roundabout the wrong way and all that and this was registered to, the number was was ostensibly one of the cars that we had in on test at the time and there was a lot of upsetery and until some upset uh, in the office because who was in we do have a system don't we where we know who is in a car on a specific day yeah. well, we've got a spreadsheet that everybody fills in yeah and if you don't want to be if you don't want to be uh, collared as Nobles, sharing, yeah. yeah, sharing a parking fine, you better say what day you know you were in a specific car. That's and, it. But it, anyway, that day in question, we couldn't figure anybody was in the area. No, and then somebody took um, took it upon themselves to look at the video, and they discovered the car was black, not red. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we've been cloned, and mm. and it has happened once or twice before. But it's interesting to know it goes on, doesn't it? Yeah, I wonder if it happens more with sort of press demonstrators and stuff because their number plates get in photos and if you want to clone a particular model you would just have a look online look for a convenient model a convenient yeah no i think it's true matches yeah so maybe and if you've got a i i knew a back in the day man now dead so i can tell you the story he used to he was always worried about his knowledge of of um you know the the road conditions away from where he normally drove mm. and when he went away he used to fit he was a car dealer he used to fit what he called holiday plates 
which were which were the the number plate that the car wore, but with one kind of strangely corrupted letter or oh, number okay. that and you know if anything went wrong if he were ever found out he would um he would sort of say oh dear we've uh, we've made it up wrongly you know the yeah. eye should have been a one you yeah. know something. we've never known yeah <laughs> we've never noticed <laughs> crikey <laughs> But I love the holiday plates. The holiday plates seems such a benign idea, doesn't it? It does, holiday, yeah. Rather than cloning or yeah, fraud. <laughs> Obviously, we wouldn't encourage such a thing, would no, we? No, crikey, no. It's probably... Uh, no, no, you absolutely wouldn't, would you? Um, which brings us to the end of this episode of My Week in Cars. Steve and I will be back next week. Don't know where we'll be yet. Who knows? Who's dining room table, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Somewhere um, in between. But in the meantime, remember, you can find us at autocar.co.uk. You can find Steve and uh, my columns in uh, the magazine, which is available in digital subscription or in print. And like many of the features, you can only find those in the Mac. But we're also on all the socials. We are on YouTube, where I think the most recent vid is an Alpine A110R, which is the quick one, the focused one. What do you think, Steve? 90 grand, 95 grand. Seems a lot of money, doesn't it? Money, isn't it? You know, I think of them as 50 grand cars. Mm. I mean, it is a Renault. Yeah. And, and the, <clears throat> not that, you know, Renault are not capable of having 90 grand car, but, but you know, the, the Alpine isn't that far north of the MX-5 to me. Yeah. Uh, which One of which I had, and I had the same enjoyment out of one as the other, and I, I just don't know whether I would ever, even if I were the richest man in the world, I don't think I could... It's interesting. Tell myself to pay 90 grand. Yeah. And I don't know if if you wanted that sort of car, whether the Alpine is the one to do it with. I think there's some, you know, some things I've, I've read, you know, people going, oh, it still hasn't got a limited slip differential and hasn't yeah. got enough power. And I think, well, it's it's not that sort of car no. anyway. Caterham says that's what you need. Yeah, exactly. That <laughs> would do it. Yeah, that would do it. No, the, the thing that's weird about our A110 is that it's the basic 250 horsepower pure model, original. Mm-hmm. I can't tell the difference between the 250 and the 290, really. You, th- there's a little bit more top end on the engine, but... Yeah. The torque output's pretty similar, isn't it? Which very is similar, yeah. Within Approaching what the gearbox can handle, is yeah. or the clutches can handle. No, I, I think they hit the sweet spot, you see. Yeah. And it, <clears throat> if you talk to the um, the people who built it, they kind of say the same. Mm. The guy that was selling them when I bought mine said, look, buy the basic one, mate, you'll yeah. enjoy it. Yeah the future anyway you can find that at autocar.co.uk in the mag or uh, over on youtube where matt saunders has done a wee video but until next week uh thanks very much for listening see you next time planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.